0: Hey guys, before we jump into the podcast, I just want to give a quick shout out to a new product that I am absolutely loving right now. This is Airtree Vitamin Spray. That's right, it's a vitamin spray. These guys are taking vitamins and nutrients and they've bottled it up into a spray that you simply spray onto your skin and you rub it in. So for everybody who's dealing with digestive issues or you're you're popping pills and you're you're mixing powders and you're you're dropping tinctures and you're you know you're walking around with pill boxes and you're going crazy taking like 30 different supplements a day this bypasses all of that because you simply just spray this onto your skin, you rub it in, and it goes directly into your bloodstream. This is really the most effective way to absorb the nutrients that you're taking. So for listeners of the Holistic Neutropics podcast, Airtree is giving away two free bottles of their supplement. That's right, two free bottles of their spray vitamins. All you gotta do is go to holisticneutropics.com forward slash free spray, and we'll send you the link to pick up two free bottles of this product. So you can choose between vitamin B12, vitamin C, vitamin D, melatonin, or hemp isolate. This is an amazing deal. All you got to do is just pay the shipping, which is like six bucks, and these bottles go for like 35 bucks a piece normally. So again, just go on over to holisticnootropics.com forward slash free spray, Shoot us your email, we'll shoot you the link to pick up two free bottles of this stuff. And then on top of that, you get 20% off of future purchases. So one more time, head on over to holisticneutropics.com forward slash free spray, boost your brain, boost your life. Let's get into the podcast. You're listening to the Holistic Neutropics Podcast. Your home for holistic, evidence-based cognitive
1: enhancement strategies. And now your host, Eric Levi.
0: Hey, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Holistic Nootropics podcast where we discuss holistic lifestyle-based cognitive enhancement. My name is Eric. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and today on the show I have Brian Richards from Sauna Space. Brian is actually the founder of Sauna Space and Sauna Space is an at-home infrared sauna. You can buy an infrared red light sauna for your home, which is amazing, especially in this time of the pandemic and everybody's locked down. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to your spas. So what do you do? You got to just give up the benefits? No, you can get a red light sauna from Saunaspace, who's probably the best red light sauna out there. I know there's other companies that get some more press, but uh, Saunaspace does it a little different. They got these Got, they, they got these infrared uh, incandescent light bulbs that actually better mimic the natural wavelengths of the sun. So versus, uh, you got to listen to the podcast. Brian goes into it. I, I, I can't even do it service by trying to explain it to you guys. Um, but let's just say this. The incandescent bulbs from Sauna Space are an upgrade from the LEDs that you can get from, eh, you know, maybe more of the uh, more Amazon-y type brands. Let's just say that, right? And for listeners of the Holistic Nootropics Podcast, Space is giving away a 5% discount on all of their products. So what you do is just go on over to the show notes where I'll have the discount link in the show notes, that's gonna be holisticneutropicscom forward slash Sauna Space. Again, holisticneutropicscom forward slash Sauna Space. I'll have the show notes to this podcast along with links to all the stuff that we talk about, including the 5% discount on all Sauna Space products. Now, before I jump into the podcast, just wanna give a quick shout out. If it's your first time here, take a second, subscribe, review the podcast on iTunes, it helps us out. If you dig the message that we're doing here, talking about how to enhance the power of your brain without popping them pills by the big farmizzle people, then help us get the message out to more people, and we can only do that with your support, and the only way you can show support, you don't gotta send us money, all you gotta do is review the podcast. If you dig it, give it five stars, say, hey man, I love this podcast. Bam, you just made a difference in the world, and I would definitely appreciate it. Okay, with no further ado, let's, oh, and by the way, Join the YouTube page. Subscribe to the YouTube page. We got a YouTube page. Go to YouTube, Google Holistic Neutropics. Bam, we got a YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Again, message. Get it out there. Doing the thing. You know how it works. It's 2021. We know technology. Help us out. We'll help you out. We'll keep bringing this good content. Okay. With no further ado. Is there any more ado? Should I ado do more? I think we've ado done as much as we could do. Let's ado into the podcast with Brian Richards. Brian Richards, welcome to the Holistic Neutropics Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Eric. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a really cool interview. Uh, I, I'm so excited to talk about red light therapy and photobiomodulation. I've, I've been getting into it myself. I got my first panel. Uh, I use it fairly regularly. Um, and more than anything, I want to talk to you about red light therapy for, for cognition, for mental health, for boosting things like focus for just really boosting the power of your brain. Because the more I dig into this stuff, the more I'm finding that there are a lot of, of cognitive health benefits. So maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, those benefits, but also really, you know, what you do with your company sauna space.
1: Yeah. The, the, there's neuropsychiatric implications for what we do here um, across the board, whether it's the red near infrared light therapy component of a sauna space product or the, the the heat component that comes from the near infrared and mid infrared wavelengths. So, the wavelengths we don't see, they don't stimulate photobiomodulation, but rather uh, have a hyperthermic effect. And we can talk about some of the cognitive benefits of that afterward. But yeah, red light therapies. Really interesting. It's it's really uh, you know there's about seven thousand studies now in, that are published in, in the PubMed. So you can go look at this for yourself. It's very well substantiated uh, to be used for for reoptimizing cellular function in all ways. Um, but if we're talking about neuropsychiatric stuff, we're talking about the brain, right? And uh, there's a number of things going on that are really beneficial. Uh, one of them is that red light therapy increases mitochondrial density. And so the mitochondria is the light receptor for red light and near infrared light therapy, and when you have more of them in every cell, the higher count of them, you get a uh, a a more impactful, a more significant mitochondrial response, a healing response. So we want that. Uh, but more than that, it, it comes down to like, how do you quantify a brain function and cogniz- cognition and and all these. Kind of ephemeral concepts like mood and personality and, and uh, outlook on life and positivity, um, rather than getting into the weeds of some of all these different mechanistic actions uh, at the microscopic level, which we'd get lost in, let's just look at it high level for a second. Um, when we improve cellular function and re optimize cellular function, the cells work better. And when we talk about brain cells working better, um, that positive that positively impacts all of these psychological issues that we're talking about. So, um, an interesting thing about light therapy uh, that was not understood for a while, but is recently there's recent there's recent clinical evidence is that when you shine near infrared light on the nerve cells in the brain, dopamine and serotonin get released. So now, for the first time, we're seeing uh, 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 support in the literature for using red light therapy for depression and, and, uh, and anxiety. There's another study where the anxiety index drops really dramatically. And these are, these are uh, studies where they're doing only a few sessions. Like people are seeing positive benefit in terms of depression and anxiety in one session. And then course over time, over three or four weeks, uh, you know, progressively getting more and more benefits. So uh, it's, it's a really exciting thing, but it's like, well, it's not just the dopamine and serotonin, right? we're actually trying to fix the functioning of the cell. We want that nerve cell to work perfectly again. So one of the fundamental central effects of near infrared red light therapy, also called, also called photobiomodulation, uh, light controlling biology, is um, basically uh, regeneration. So with red light, near infrared light therapy, you can promote regeneration of the cell including nerve cells. So this is something that's not really conventionally accepted in allopathic medicine. Allopathic medicine says when you get a TBI, a traumatic brain injury, you have a a very short period to recover. Otherwise you're stuck with whatever symptom set you have. And especially at the six month mark. But what we see actually with red light therapy and concussion victims, both uh, from veterans and also youth sports concussion concussion victims, is that you can get like 100% recovery from traumatic brain injury using uh, a red light near for light therapy judiciously, judiciously uh, along with like omega-3 supplementation and other stuff in fact if you get a tbi you want to take omega three fats like immediately but also the red light therapy and so what's going on is that we're regenerating and repairing and restoring an optimal state to the brain cell and when we do that to all the brain cells we can also see this uh, and I can provide you some some references after we talk so we can support this. But, but basically, uh, we're, we're seeing that it, the red light therapy doesn't just improve the, the individual cell function, it improves the neural network overall. So it's improving the functioning of the entire brain tissue. and it's you know it's coordination and, and working in concert with the neural tree, down the body, and the autonomic nervous system. And when we do red light therapy on our whole body, let's keep in mind that we don't have nerve tissue only in our brain, They're, it's really everywhere. And we want it all to work better everywhere. So uh, it's it's really fascinating how well it works. And it's really also fascinating that there's really no side effects. It's The only thing to keep in mind is it is a dose dependent therapy. So we don't wanna overdo it, just like sauna actually. But if we, if we sort of try to look at the, the, the ancestral context nature, the photobiomodulation levels we got from the sun, um, the sun for, you know, to, just to give everybody a little background, the sun is an incandescent light source. So incandescence is when a, you, in nature, this is, the, this is the light of nature, this is analog light. When you heat a material up hot enough in nature, it begins to emit light naturally. And it does so in this very predictable curve that has a long tail in infrared, that's called the full spectrum emission, you can uh, derive this actually by integrating Planck's law and doing some fancy physics. And when you do that, you can predict the curve. And when you measure the sunlight at every wavelength, it perfectly matches this curve. So the science and the theory behind it is really, is totally supported by the empirical observation. So in fact, we can do that with all incandescent light sources, which includes fireplaces, candles, anything that's burning, uh, you heat a, an iron rod up really hot and it glows red, that's incandescence. And then, and then of course, what we do here at Saunaspace is, is incandescence. We have this filament, Let's see if I can get this in the camera. So this is the photon, inside is our, our custom-made thermal light bulb. It's a specialized bulb that emits a lot more light therapy than a standard heat lamp. Uh, anyway, the filament inside is is at about 2400 Kelvin or so. So it's about half the temperature of the sun, uh, but it's emitting light in the same way as the sun. It's emitting uh, full spectrum light, uh, uh, what you would call um, you know uh uh, broad spectrum emission and this is very much unlike all their forms of light therapy but if we look at the ancestral context and the, the the um the historical relationship we had with incandescence it was the sun and in fact it's it's it goes back before human the human race it goes back to the evolution of the mitochondria of the bringing in of the of the the mitochondria into this you know prokaryotic cell and they made this symbiotic relationship And so the cell was able to grab light from the sun and eat it through the mitochondria and produce more energy, uh, promote nitric oxide release, and, and then have all these like anti-aging and gene repair and and cell repair and cell growth effects. And so that's a relationship that goes back billions of years. And if you look at that relationship and you look at the spectrum of sunlight, uh, it's like 39% of the sun's emission is near infrared. And if you add red on top of that, it's over 50%, the the majority of the sun's emission that hits us every day is near infrared or red. It's in, it's exactly in the photobiomodulation band. And I don't think that's a coincidence. So when we sit out uh, ancestrally under the sun naked or more more or less naked every day, uh, we got this huge dose of near infrared that didn't just make us feel good by heating us up. It's actually making us feel good by stimulating cellular healing in every cell of the body, keep in mind, we have mitochondria in literally every cell of the body, except red blood cells. And uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like this primary vehicle that we have. And so uh, ancestrally, we, we only did red light therapy with incandescence. And in fact, it was always light and heat together. It's this alliance of light and heat where uh, the two are definitely activating different biological pathways, but there's so much synergy between the two that uh, it makes more sense to do it this way if we can. So that's kind of, that's been my my opinion. So I've um, since I had my own amazing healing experience with sauna space, where well, well, before it was with incandescent sauna therapy, I started this company and began to obsessively product develop this this product, and I didn't understand anything about the research, uh, you know, back in the day, but now I do, and I think it's uh, it's really fascinating that, um, in the sea of sauna products and the sea of light therapy products how, uh, popular we've become, how much value we're bringing to customers. And that's because we have a red light therapy that's more naturalistic and it feels better and it bring, and it conveys all these heat therapy benefits as well. And the hugest part of them, and probably the most fascinating thing about all of these, I think it are the cognitive benefits because they're the hardest things to get, you know, um, um from anything. And, and absolutely, you mentioned earlier before we started recording a uh, lion's mane, you know, uh, uh, uh um, I probably take Lion's Mane or five defenders from the Real Mushrooms brand with my butter coffee every morning. So I'm I'm a huge fan of natural Oh, you're really doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, every day in fact yeah. I'm drinking some more right now. It's really it gets me through the morning and the day and and keeps me, you know, in ketosis more so and and the, but the Lion's Mane you can you can sense it. You know, you can sense it. I can drink that and I can feel that afterwards. And so um uh the light therapy does the same thing. When you start a sauna, when you do a sauna space session in the morning, you get out of it and your brain feels better. And by by that, I mean I have more I have more clarity, I have more decisiveness, I have a little bit more res, uh, my 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 recall. Uh, it's better. There's so many things that are like subtly better, and all those subtle qualitative benefits uh, result in better performance, whether it's me at, at the job here or otherwise. And so there's another study that we that we just talked about our Instagram live not too long ago. Um, um, uh, executives and business people perform oddball, non-routine pa- tasks better after, uh, doing some red light therapy. So if you do some red light therapy and then you ask someone to do, just perform these like random tasks that are not things they've ever done before, they perform better after the, after the red light therapy. And that's, that's like an immediate cognitive benefit. And we know there's, there's some major long-term cognitive benefits too, but immediately that's another example of, Hey, this stuff actually fixes us. And, and what's weird about it or for those that are skeptical out there, they're like, well, what, how can this light do anything? It is a weird thing. When you shine it on you, it just kind of feels good. It feels like being in front of the fireplace or you use, you, you pull your hamstring and you use the photon on your hammy a couple of times. And it feels good. It's like, whatever, the next day your pain's gone. It's like, well, what happened? And it's so gentle that it's it's almost uh, you know it's almost unbelievable, but it really it really is doing all this amazing stuff, and it does so in a very gentle way.
0: Let me ask you with that with that study because that's that's interesting. This is kind of a geeky question. Um, do you know if in that study they, in a lot of these studies, what kind of red light they were using? Were they using LED or were they using more incandescent? Because oh yeah, it's, were- it sounds like that makes a difference.
1: Yes. uh, In most of the studies, they're using LED therapy so that they can uh, isolate one wavelength and say, you know, uh, it was 668 or 660 that we used in this study. And that is that is something you see in most of the literature. Um, Not all of this. There there are a a number of incandescent light therapy studies out there. But originally, when, um, you know, we didn't know anything about photobiomodulation, scientists built a. LEDs or, or light sources of almost all the wavelengths and tested them and finally figured out through trial of elimination that it was uh, that it's 600 to 1,000 nanometers that stimulates mitochondrial function and there are certain peaks in that the the biggest peak is at 660 and 730 or so 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 those wavelengths are the most those they stimulate the strongest mitochondrial response but all of the wavelengths from 600 to 1,000 do stimulate a mitochondrial response to lesser degrees. And so, what sauna space does? What we do with incandescent light is we deliver you all those wavelengths, just like you got it from the sun. And and absolutely, I mean, you can see this. It's not like it's not doing any photobiomodulation. One one of the easiest things that you can do to pr- to show to someone, yes, it's photobiomodulating you immediately, is to show someone microscopically their blood vessels. So I've got a little microscope that you can see your finger really closely. If you if you if you look at that under the under the camera microscope and then put your hand in front of a photon light for one minute or two minutes and then look at it again you'll see your blood vessels are grow and they're larger and many people report that also in the sauna but yeah it's 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 definitely uh, uh, it's definitely light therapy that's more broad spectrum and uh, what you see in the literature is is mostly LED based um, I guess my response to that is it's really a one-to-one relationship. If you have near-infrared light, if you have this photon at, in the 600 to 1,000 nanometer band and you uh, uh, provide the um, a minimum wattage to induce a photobiomodulation response, you therefore have it. And, and I think that's, you know, it's definitely an argument that's still out there, but I think a big part of our success is is that our primary product is actually not the photon. It's always been the sauna, the full body product. And um, the feeling in our product is so much different than any other sauna. And it's not just in your head. It's the photobiomodulation that's occurring. It, it's absolutely, there's a big photobiomodulation component to it there. And and those of you who want to, if you go on the site, I have a couple of articles I've written where there's actually, I feel like I give a pretty well substantiated response to to what the, you know, our competition says, various types of competition in the LED light therapy space are saying, well, heat lamps, they don't deliver sufficient photobiomodulation to be therapeutic level. And that's really not the case. Um, especially the bulb that we use, the thermalite bulb that I've developed, I've redesigned the filament to run hotter basically at, and have the same lifespan. So it emits about twice the twice the photomod- bod- photobiomodulation wattage from 600 to thousand nanometers as a regular heat lamp. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's
0: like you said, you know, it, it's, it, it's not just about the photobiomodulation. It's about the full spectrum of the, uh, of the light. And, and you say that your products uh, your sauna space bulbs deliver, did you say hyperthermic or hypothermic? Hyperthermic, so heat. Hyperthermic, there. yeah.
1: Okay. So, and it's a big confusion. I wish we had a slide here, um, but if you look at this curve of the sun, like I said before, most of the emission, the forty percent, is right there in the near infrared band, and we know that near infrared is from about seven hundred to fifteen hundred nanometers. So, the the light therapy band that stimulates the mitochondria includes red light that we can see, six hundred to seven hundred nanometers, and then near infrared light that we don't see, seven hundred to a thousand nanometers. But what I just said was the near-infrared light is actually 700 to 1500 nanometers. So starting at about 980 nanometers, you have what's called the first overtone of water. So water begins to absorb light at 980 nanometers, but it doesn't absorb it very well until you get into mid-infrared and far-infrared beyond 1500 nanometers. So that other portion of near-infrared, the lower frequency portion of near-infrared from about 980 nanometers to 1500 nanometers is the deeply penetrating radiant heat aspect of incandescent light. And that's where you get the heating effect. And it's confusing to people because we call it near-infrared but it's not photobiomodulating. It's unfortunate that we have these arbitrary brackets we're calling near, mid, and far-infrared. It's really, it's just, uh, it's all about what it's doing in the particular wavelength. So you get a big chunk of 980 to 1500 nanometer wavelengths of near-infrared from our bulb and from the sun as well. And those wavelengths do not photobiomodulate your mitochondria. They are absorbed by water and they heat the cell up. And we want that piece because we know there's so many benefits to heating the cell up by a few degrees. And that's the essence of sauna therapy. And if you look up sauna therapy in the literature, you see basically reduction in incidence of disease of every disease type that's ever been studied. And there's there's about 2000 sauna studies now. Um, including the longevity study too. It Go almost
0: ahead. seems like 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 what you're talking about. It's almost even closer to far infrared. Uh, far infrared, because from what I understand, and it is confusing even to me. And I, I dive into this stuff pretty deep. But far infrared is almost more for like a detox effect. So like as you're discuss- as you're saying, hey, we want to heat the cell up, but we're not fo- photobiomodulating even though you're not stimulating uh, the mitochondria you're you're is it like more of a right, detoxification right. Well, uh, effect yeah
1: let, let me continue to clarify because that i would disagree with that statement okay um, so the heating that the heat the primary heating wavelengths uh, the primary wattage coming out of the bowl that heats you that feels like heat for sauna space with an incandescent bowl that we use um is is in the near infrared and then there's a, the, uh, about 45% of the emission of this bulb is in mid-infrared. And so mid-infrared is from 1500 to uh, 3000 nanometers. And then far infrared is a really low energy, long wavelength infrared at 3000 plus nanometers. If you look at our historical experience with the sun, if you look at the sun's emission and you look at its far infrared, it's only 2%. So we have very little historical experience with far infrared. And of course we don't have any photobiomodulation effect. It does heat us well, uh, excuse me, it does provide heat, but it doesn't heat up tissue well. So if you uh, if you want to heat up air, far infrared is really efficient and really good. That's why you can buy patio heaters and, and other cool outdoor heaters that are far infrared based or far infrared panel. And that's what you want outside because you don't want to heat your body up so much as heat the air up and make it warm so you can hang out outside. When we're in the sauna and we're trying to do hyperthermic therapy, the goal is absolutely not to heat the air up. Who cares? We want to heat the body up because the hyperthermic therapy benefits, uh, detox, protein repair, improved cognitive function, all these things that are associated with sauna, occur based upon a three degree temperature increase. So uh, when we're talking about heating the body, near infrared light, because it penetrates two to four inches, heats you up immediately. So in our sauna, you just walk in, you don't preheat, and you're sweating like crazy in like 10 minutes, and your session is done in 20 minutes. And you can measure that if you check your um, body temperature, you know, with like an infrared thermometer, it's really accurate. You'll find that you'll, you'll achieve a three degree core temperature increase in about 15 minutes, which is uh, uh, less than half of the time it takes to achieve the same thing using only far infrared wavelengths. And the reason for that is because far infrared wavelengths are hundred percent absorbed by water. If we go back to what I was saying before about water, water absorption starts in near infrared, but it doesn't do it very well. So there's partial absorption therefore near infrared gets in deeper. And we see that in the studies, the deepest penetrating light in terms of biological tissue is near infrared at about 700 or excuse me, about uh, uh, 780 nanometers or 750 nanometers or forget. But anyway, uh, so all we're doing here is we're saying like, look, we want to heat up the body. The goal is not to heat the air, it's heat the body. And if we want to heat the body, it's going to be much more efficient to use deeply penetrating radiant light to do so primarily. And that's the same reason that Farmers have used incandescent heat lamps to heat their, their livestock for hundred years. It's a more efficient way to heat biological tissue. We don't care about the air. So if we understand that, it's just a matter of what's the most efficient way to heat the body. Near infrared is a much faster, much more efficient way and the ambient air can be lower. So for people with MS and autoimmune issues who can't handle high temps of a sauna, uh, you know, or even high, high 160 degree temps of a far infrared sauna, they find our sauna much more accommodating, much more gentle. And then at the same time, of course, we're, we're layering on top the photobiomodulation therapy, which makes it more gentle, you know, detoxification, doing any type of heat therapy causes a detox effect. You have detox reactions and healing reactions. And so you want to support the, the, the cells in the body in this labor intensive, energy intensive process that is detoxification. And so we know photobiomodulation immediately gives the cell more energy without any sugar. It causes an immediate ATP release. And all these things help make, you know, the sauna therapy more effective. So we're doing the both together, but, and I'm kind of bouncing around here. Sorry, Eric, but, but it's, it's absolutely not the case that far infrared does detoxification and near infrared does not it's near infrared from 700 to a thousand nanometers does photobiomodulation. And then near infrared from 980 nanometers to 1500 nanometers and this arbitrary end of near infrared we're calling does heating. And that's the most of the heating effect. So uh, you can also heat yourself up and achieve the same effect of a sauna in a hot tub or in, uh, you know, there's many ways to heat the body. Um, You know, even under the sun, there's disadvantages to doing these other things, you know, for there's different, you know, practical disadvantages of doing heat therapy that way. But you can also do heat therapy in, um, in a finished sauna, a wet sauna, forget about far infrared. So there's no far infrared in there. But we're all detoxing and all these heat therapies where we heat the body up three degrees we're, and promoting a sweat response, we're detoxing and we're getting the HRV benefits after the, after the session and all these amazing things that are associated with sauna. It's just with sauna space, it's a faster, more efficient session. And we believe with photobiomodulation being coupled with the heat therapy, we're doing so much more. You know, we're, we're, we're activating so much more in the same 20 minute session.
0: So if I hear you right, it seems like, you know, what your incandescent light does is, you know, as opposed to like, if I go on Amazon and I get some red light, LED light, not maybe, or maybe I don't have one of those, but you know, it gives me like one wavelength, which is going to stimulate photobiomodulation, which is good. But yeah. what a sauna space light does, it's going to give me that photobiomodulation, which stimulates the mitochondria, but then we're also going to heat up the cell, which is going to give me the detox response in a much more efficient way than if i sat in like a hot sauna like at the gym or something for like 20 minutes.
1: Yeah, you got it exactly right. Our sauna sessions are much faster, achieving the the core temperature increase and in the sweat response in half the time of any other sauna. And then and then yeah, the photobiomodulation on top of that makes the sauna more gentle. It has its own benefits. And and there's absolutely improved cognitive functioning benefits associated with sauna, really strong ones. When you heat up the brain cells, they uh, naturally produce brain-derived neurotropic factor. Mm -hmm. So it's like miracle grow for the brain. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Um, That's an immediate effect that happens in nerve cells based on a heat shock. But it's more than that. The heat shock proteins, and this is something I'd like to talk about for a minute because people are... um typically don't understand this or aware of this heat therapy and sauna therapy is not just about detox it's that's only half of it so the basically you heat the cell up and it begins to produce heat shock proteins which are dormant actors at a normal cellular temperature when these things start get start to get produced by the nucleus they go out and they chaperone immune bodies which helps make cell detox more efficient And that's the primary role that most people are aware of. They have a second role that I would call even just as primary and that's protein refolding. So they go and correct misfolded proteins and optimize protein functioning by moving them around, refolding them, re-optimizing them. One example of that is the heat shock protein can go out of the cell and refold and re-optimize the insulin receptor protein and, and, and and thereby improve insulin signaling which has been shown in, in, in a study now to reduce insulin resistance. So the sauna therapy by improving, by, by activating this amazing healing response, the heat shock protein response in the cells is absolutely not just correcting cell function, it's correcting uh, the, the higher level hormonal system, uh, an organ level system. And that's just one example of how essential sauna therapy is to re-optimization of cell function. And we talk about using neurotropics and improving cognitive functioning. We, we need to improve the cell function. We don't want to just get the junk and the poison out of the cell. We want to repair the damage of all the, you know, that all the poison caused. And then, and then for as, as amazing as sauna therapy is, it doesn't really have an anti-aging component. The, the gene repair component, it really comes from light therapy. So one of the big, uh, aspects of light therapy is that it it regulates and it optimizes the transcription proteins and other uh, gene transcription effects in the cell. So when the, the cell is making itself, it can't read its blueprint very well, and so the proteins are not made perfectly. They're made, but they're maybe a little bit folded wrong, and that slowly but surely leads to cell degradation. If any of you guys are in your audience have seen a uh, 3D mo- uh, mo- uh, like a model of a protein you know, it's this really complicated thing with all these ribbons and it looks like a big wad of tissue paper. You can imagine one misfolding makes it so it doesn't fit lock and key into its partner that it's supposed to work with in some cellular pathway. And it kind of works. It kind of works okay, but, but not so good. And then slowly, but surely those proteins, as they deoptimize, for example, with the insulin receptor protein, you get, you get, or decrease insulin signaling, uh, increased insulin resistance. And that has a huge array of problems that that causes down the road. So, um, so they're working synergistically together. So if there's so much overlap of benefit, why are we not doing the two together? Sauna therapy absolutely has a really strong cell reoptimizing and in cognition improving aspect, just like light therapy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you hit on so many amazing things right there, specifically in the idea that this cascading effect, right? Like we can start at the very tiny, teeny protein, right? And let's just take the insulin receptor, for instance, right? To to be able to fix the way that your insulin receptors work. Okay. Now you start to decrease insulin resistance. Okay. Well, what does that do? Well, it starts to decrease your daytime cortisol. Well, what does that do? It starts to decrease your stress response. What does that do? That starts to decrease your anxiety, your depression, your inflammation. And it's like, even even though you know you have these full body saunas, even just like one of those bulbs, right? Just hitting the parts of your body that it needs to hit, just even like getting just individual parts of your body or if you get the whole body, you're good it's such an intense cascading effect is what it sounds like that the the full body into the mental, it's just like a a reciprocal reward system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so you talk about cascade. What I like to say about this is that, is that like, let's step back and stop looking at the body as a biochemical system or a biomechanical system. We're, we are much more bioelectric. We're quantum mechanical. The fundamental basis of everything in our body is, is electromagnetism and light and voltage. The blood flows down. Uh, the arteries via voltage gradient. It's not a mechanical pump. There's no, there's not enough mechanical force to do that. It's actually a voltage gradient. The blood brain barrier is a voltage gate. One of the most fundamental s- cell signaling systems of the body, calcium signaling is controlled by voltage gates, which is uh, a bigger reason why uh, man-made non non-native electromagnetic uh, electromagnetism like man-made EMFs are problematic, but it's also, uh, I say that to inform our understanding that we're beings of light M- more than we are, you know, we're, we're, not like chemically based. And so when we bring in this, this amazing or stress therapy, that is light therapy that, that that's also kind of simultaneously a nootropic and a nutrient cause it feeds us and gives us energy, but it also has this incredible force multiplier effect in the cells. It hits the mitochondria and then all these systems ripple out and improve. And the same thing with the sauna therapy. And so, uh, it it's, it's just the, the holistic or the secondary and holistic benefits of doing those things together and, and continuing to do them with discipline over time can really not be, um, you know, can't be underestimated. For example, with COVID right now, you know, the, and we're in the flu season, even if we weren't in a COVID pandemic, you know, we, we want to support our immune system. And so, Uh, amazing study. I have to mention this last year, there was a red light therapy study on a, an advanced COVID patient that had a lot of pneumonia and their pneumonia index was really high. They were really bad. They were about to be put on a ventilator. They did four 20 minute, uh, near, it wasn't red. It was near red light treatments, uh, 20 minutes per day for four days. And they reduces pneumonia index so much and increases tissue oxygenation so much and tissue oxygen saturation so much and he was so improved that he walked out of the hospital. And and so why is that? Well, there's there's a, a red light therapy and near-infrared light therapy has been shown for a while to be really beneficial for upper respiratory uh, you know type diseases of different kinds. That's already pretty well established in the literature. But we're seeing that also apply to infectious disease and be beneficial for strengthening the immune system and also making the if you do get infected with COVID, you do get down with the flu, the red light therapy is also really beneficial to, to treat it and to recover from it. And I'm not a healthcare provider. I'm not supposed to use the word treat. Uh, I don't provide medical advice, but but clearly one of the primary effects of near-infrared light therapy is to cause an immediate reduction in inflammation. And so you do that in the lungs and you, you, people can breathe better and, and basically recover more, more, more effectively. But if we bounce back to sauna therapy, the heat shock proteins used to be thought to just be chaperones for immune bodies and not be directly involved in an immune response, but that's not true. In many cases now we're seeing that there's uh, good evidence that the heat shock protein is the first responder. And, uh, and not only are they the first responder, if you, if you if you're, uh, so um, when we have an immune response, there's really two phases. One is the, is the attack phase. It's like bring all the soldiers out of the barracks and attack this virus, attack this infectious organism. But when that attacking's done, we want we go into the resolution phase where we want all those immune soldiers to go back into the barracks. If the resolution phase is not conducted properly at the, at the, in the uh, infection site, at where the, the disease, disease is or where the infectious organism is, you can get autoimmune issues which a lot of people have, or you get the cytokine storm and you can get organ failure, which is one of the things that's associated with, with COVID. And so what light therapy and, and heat therapy especially are so uh, awesome for is helping support and reoptimize that resolution phase so that your immune response is really powerful and it attacks that person. And then, and then you put the, that powerful immune system back to rest immediately. Because it can cause a lot of problems if not, and so we could reoptimize that immune response with uh, with both of these therapies.
0: That's yeah. And that's such a pressing issue for so many people right now is, is the autoimmune response. Even before COVID it was, you know, people have these autoimmune responses just to things in the diet, to things in the atmosphere. And, um, and without fixing that stuff, it gets passed down, uh, genetically. Right. So it's like, so, so people develop peanut allergies in the last 30 years. And now that that's just a thing that is in their genetic, uh, their genetic line now that goes down, and it really does come down to you know can you get something at the base level to control that which if you can do that with something like infrared <clears throat> therapy i mean that's that 's an mean, amazing yeah, benefit
1: it 's all about what can we do at home you know one of my primary missions here what I do what do we do at Sauna space is we want to empower you with tools to take care of yourself on your own without having to go to the hospital and go to a doctor and go to a Uh, you know, some healthcare provider or whatever, like, especially now with COVID where you can't even go anywhere, even if you wanted to, you know, what are the tools that we can use to keep ourselves happy and healthy, especially now where we have to work more indoors than ever. And, and this is just such a, from a cost benefit analysis, doing uh, incandescent sauna therapy with some EMF shielding, by the way. So we don't have any EMF issues. It's important. Yeah. Um, You just get such a high benefit and the, the risk is so low, as long as you just control the duration of your sessions, you're never at risk of anything. And so it's just all benefit. And and it's something that you can do at home. I find that if you, if you have a therapy like son of it, that all the studies show and, and light therapy as well, that the best, that the, the maximal benefit comes from several sessions a week, at least, it's just hard to maintain that discipline. If it's not in your house, you know, it's just, it's just really hard, but, but, uh, with us and what we do, whether you know you're, you're starting out with our photon light or or the full sauna, it's just something that you can use all the time. And in fact, I was going to talk about the photon for a second because I know that's what you got, and um, you don't quite you haven't tried the sauna yet. The photon, <clears throat> because of these cascading effects and this wide array of of effects that it has in all cell types and all tissue types, and also the beneficial neuropsychiatric effects of of near infrared light therapy. It, it kind of makes sense to use a photon more than just for spot therapy. Traditionally, people use a photon. It's called single lamp therapy. It goes back over fifty years. They were using these bulbs to heal wounds and racehorses for like four or four, five decades now. Mm. Um, so that's the traditional use: is put it on your your injured shoulder, accelerate wound and muscle healing, or you've got you've got inflammation, you've got a diabetic edema. You know, put it on the feet, put it on the legs, hit that, do a little spot therapy. That's the classic use. Now there's more uses of the photon, and they're they're much more well, I don't want to say much more interesting because spot therapy is interesting, but they're new and novel, but they're so effective. So for example, I don't have this just here next to me as a conversation piece where I'm just or or something like that. It actually lives next to me. So when I work all day long, I have this photon light not directly at me as a spot therapy, but just kind of pointed up. And what that's doing is uh, it's doing two things. One, the red light near for red light is actually canceling out the blue light emission that reaches my face. And I can show you this with a spectrometer. I think we have it on our Instagram. So when I hold a, 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 a um, you know, a spectrometer to my screen, this is an led screen I'm looking through. So there's a big blue peak and no matter how many filters and flux and stuff you put on, there's still blue coming out. Uh, when I shine the photon light here, the red light cancels out the blue light and you can measure with a spectrometer the blue light flattens out. Mm. And so that's preventing this high energy light from damaging us. Blue light is called high energy visible light. It causes free radical formation, even though it's not an ionizing radiation. So it's a, it's a subtle thing that damages over time. And that's a whole nother conversation, like the problematic effects of artificial, artificially high levels of blue light exposure we get nowadays from LEDs. but. One thing it does is it's canceling that effect out, and the other thing it's doing is that uh, LED and fluorescent light, and also incandescent light in, in, in low wattage incandescence, flicker. Um, they flicker because of alternating current pulses, and it f- changes phases twice a second. So uh, U.S. electricity is sixty hertz, so an LED flickers twice a second. Twice a second, the LED is turning on and off, on and off, and that's literally a strobe light effect on us. You wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't put yourself in front of a strobe light if you had, you know, if you had epilepsy or, or epileptic issues, uh, but that's actually what we're doing with LEDs. So flickering light, pulsing light from artificial light sources uh, is, has a pretty strong uh, correlation in the literature with, with a lot of problems, migraine, stress, depression, anxiety, and other things. And you kind of feel that if you go to a hospital, you got all the white, you know, the fluorescent lights above you, it's like, you know, it doesn't feel good. And so- what I'm saying about the photon is it's non-flickering photon. Photons. So when these photons come in here and there's this flickering light photons that are coming down towards me, the photon creates this happy bubble of clean space. And you can measure it with a flicker meter, it, it's canceled out, there's no measurable flicker. And so all that to say that the photon is an environmental light therapy device as well. It's making the indoor lighting environment more naturalistic uh, and less artificial. And that results in you just kind of feeling better while well, you work throughout the day. And then also at night after dark, you don't want blue light, right? It messes with your sleep cycle, it keeps you up. it messes with uh, the quality of your sleep and so forth. But who doesn't look at a digital screen now after dark? It's, you know, it's, 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 it's damn near impossible. Or if I don't wanna, if I'm, I'm saying, okay, no TV, no screens. I still wanna hang out with my family after dark, especially in the winter you know, in those five to eight hour periods. And so you can use the photon light to have flicker free, blue light free lighting after dark. And the light spectrum that you feel and see is literally the fireplace. It's literally the bonfire. And that's the feeling you get. And these are just really practical tools to have, to to, to subtly improve your relationship with light in your daily life. And because what I said before, the fact that we're, there we're beings of light, this light all affects us for better and worse. I mean, you can do all these amazing things with red light therapy, and you can also crush people with, with blue light and and destroy them and and cause all kinds of, of health problems.
0: Yeah, so. I'm, I'm thinking a lot about when I used to work in an office and I when I lived in the Northeast and I would go to this office every day, especially – in the middle of winter where there's, you know, like six hours of daylight, right? It's dark most of the time. So you get into work when it's dark, you spend your day under these just fluorescent LED lights, just getting that flicker, that blue light. And then you go outside and it's dark again. And it's like, this is a recipe for seasonal depression. And people completely overlook this, at least most people, some people are coming around to this, uh, this light thing, but it really does make a difference. You know, ever since I, I don't work in an office anymore, I live by, I live in the Caribbean. I get as much natural light as I can throughout the day. And the difference that it makes on my mood, I mean, no pun intended, it's night and day, right? Like it's, you can feel it. So obviously not everybody can leave their job and move down into the Caribbean, be be close to the equator and get, you know, daylight when you can get it. This seems like that hack to, to really get those benefits without disrupting your daily life.
1: Exactly. It's a hack, but it's a hack in the positive sense. We're not, we're not, we're not stealing something. We're, We're essentially, and and that's what we're doing with biohacking, is we're trying to trick the body into thinking it's in its its natural context. And so we can do so by introducing flicker-free, full-spectrum incandescent light from an incandescent source, like what we do here with the photon that's really hot, that mimics sunlight. But unlike sunlight, there's no ultraviolet or blue emission here. And I'm not throwing out uh, ultraviolet light and blue light into the trash. It is also dose-dependent. You do also need that. But it ancestrally we got that from sunlight simultaneously with red near infrared. So the red near infrared is providing the antidote to the free radical damaging effects of the blue light while the body is taking the, the ultraviolet light to produce vitamin D. and also you need the ultraviolet light uh, ultraviolet light stimulus to and blue or particularly blue light stimulus I think to promote melatonin production in the pineal gland. And then when the sun sets at the end of the day you have a nice stored, dose of melatonin sun sets, blue light stimulus ends and the melatonin is released to the brain clock which gets you ready for sleep that's that's the ideal scenario but all day long when you're under the sun you're getting ultraviolet and blue and red near infrared and so ideally you get the morning sun and then the, and then the late evening sun the sunrise and the sunset stuff and if you're darker skin you can handle more but you need more light if you're lighter skin. You know, you, we don't need as much light because light penetrates deeper. But uh, the problem with blue and ultraviolet is is the dose is small. What we what we need is is, is not too big, and it can que- it, we can really quickly get into problems if we get too much ultraviolet. Ultraviolet light is ionizing radiation; it has mutagenic effects on our our DNA. So the, again, the ultraviolet light from the sun hits us, and it has these potentially it creates free radicals. It has mutagenic effects in the DNA. But the cell is then immediately using the near infrared light that's coming at the same time to stimulate mitochondrial functions and the mitochondrial cascade occurs, and it immediately is counteracting and neutralizing those free radicals and repairing and restoring everything. So it balances it out. But indoors, it's all blue light all the time, and there's no more red and in near infrared. In this in this pursuit of energy efficiency, you know, we thought, well, we'll throw away the infrared portion of our of our lighting because we don't need that. But in fact, it's been very deleterious to our health because that portion we don't see is actually beneficial to our health. It it provides light therapy, even the fireplace, which is cool. It's not really hot. It's not at a high Kelvin like like the filament in our photon. It still provides a photobiomodulation effect. And that's why humans have a natural desire for bonfires. It's not just the sun. After dark, we have a biologically programmed desire to have this bonfire spectrum, low, low in our perspective, just like the ancestral humans, the ideal landscape is like the prairie with the river. And, and, you know, we have like a natural uh, inclination towards that also to light after dark, we're naturally inclined to bonfire light. And that's, that's literally what this is. Uh, It's an electric or what we're doing is kind of like, Hey, let's, let's, uh, you know, I can't move the Caribbean. Let's bring nature back and into, into our homes you know let's right. let's make sure that our technology meets nature kind of midway so we can live our lives we can work at home but understanding that we're beings of light let's trick our bodies into thinking they're outdoors while we're while we're working indoors
0: yeah yeah that's, i mean there's so much truth there the 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 red light from the fire let me ask you um you know some uh, some more of the technicality stuff so like yeah. dose dependent um you know you're saying do it several times a week you know, there's really no side effects, but can you overdo it? What's like an optimal t- amount of time to, to spend in front of a red light? Do you, can you do it twice a day? Can you do it? Do you need to only do it once a day? Um, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So let's, let's look at the, the empirical basis for what's a good dose. Uh, we talked already about kind of like what we get from the sun. If you stand at the equator on a clear day, you get between 20 and 60 milliwatts per centimeter squared of near infrared. Uh, so, some people will say it's up to a hundred, but still that's a range. That's the range. So it's like, that's the dose level. So between 20 and hundred milliwatts per centimeter squared. And then if you look at the, at the thousands of thousands of photobiomodulation studies, you see that the sweet spot for uh, this or stress therapy, where there's a, there's a certain dose amount where we get maximal benefit before we get a decline in benefits. That maximal point is a, pretty much maxes out at 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared. And so if you look in the literature and you see uh, adverse effects due to red light and near infrared light therapy, that's when we're getting into those really high. We're getting into 500 milliwatts. We're getting into a thousand milliwatts. We're getting really high doses. So we see that also in the literature. If you, if you give the, the cell too much red light therapy, too much near infrared light therapy, uh, you do eventually cause damage by uh, just basically giving it too much, just like sauna. So that, so there's a, there's a strong theoretical basis here for dose dependency. And so if that's the ancestral context, 20 to hundred milliwatts per centimeter squared, well, what, what should we do at home? What should you do with this? And so what we wanna do is kind of hit that same sweet spot. I won't take you through all the math of it because it's kind of complicated and we ought to show it on a whiteboard anyway for your audience if, if we wanted to. That is on our website or we can talk about that later. But but basically uh, with the photon, you can do 10 to 20 minutes on the head or the throat. Uh, excuse me, uh, with, with, with the head or the throat, you only do 10 minutes per session because we don't wanna overheat the head. But if you're treating your thyroid, if you're treating your head for brain issues, 10 minutes per session. And you can actually do that five to 10 times a day. Mm -hmm. So even once per hour, but just like sauna, you want to titrate up to that. So if I just got this, I would do, and I wanted to do my head, I do one 10 minute session and that's it in the day and kind of slowly build up. Um, And if we talk about wanting to do multiple parts of our body, let's say I want to, I want to treat my head because I have got, I've got, you know, some neuropsychiatric stuff I'm dealing with, but I've also got this, this, Uh, I sprained my ankle the other day. So I'll do 10 minutes on my head and then immediately move it down and and do 10 or 20 or 30 minutes on the ankle. Any other part of the body besides the head, we can do uh, a session of 20 or 30 minutes. And we can repeat that session every hour, uh, almost every hour of the day, you know, up to eight or 10 times a day. And it's very individual based and you don't want to overdo it. That's my my respectful, uh, you know, advice and warning for the biohackers out there that are really enthusiastic more is not necessarily better. The, the, the maximal benefit here is, is to hit that sweet spot and the hormetic stress amount, it's be different for different people. And so you always build up to these things again, for this to be really effective and really safe and really awesome and beneficial. We just want to do a gentle stress on the body. We don't want to kill our body. So with the photon though, because we're, it's a, it's a, it's a spot therapy we can kind of move it around our body and and use it a lot. And so that's the photon use. With the sauna, you also have, uh, it's an automatic stress therapy. You don't want to overdo it. You can overheat your body, right? And cause heat stroke. But if you heat the body up just a little bit, just three degrees and get it to sweat five or 10 minutes, you have this amazing uh, array of effects. So the goal in all sauna therapy is a three degree temperature increase per session. And with what we do, that takes about 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes depending on on who you are. And you can eventually do that up to twice a day. And so there are people who are dealing with real disease and serious issues are building up to this very rigorous discipline twice a day use. But most normal people, and I would conclude myself in that, I use it for 20 minutes before work every day. So I use it five days a week. It's just a quick 20 minute session. I pop in there, I don't preheat or anything. I have a five minute shower or something afterwards. So it's it's a very efficient therapy what I do and uh and and the in the sauna studies and the longevity studies and the new um what was it it was a uh was it an all it was an Alzheimer's study uh the Lao Cannon and uh they did a 2000 person Alzheimer's and dementia study over 20 years of Finnish males and the results are tremendous um you the more you use sauna per week the proportionally decreased incidence of dementia you have. So they had the people didn't do sauna, people did sauna one day a week, people did it three days a week, people did it seven days a week. And, and the more you did it per week, the subsequently and proportionally decreased incidence of dementia you had. And we see the same thing with a long, if we measure longevity in terms of heart disease, a very similar study from the same guy, Lou Cannon uh, in 2015, he followed like two, over 2000 finished males for 20 years, and they had massively decreased incidence of heart attack and coronary heart disease. The people were doing sauna every day. So uh, all that to say that you can do sauna pretty much every day, just like nootropics and just like eating food. You, you you basically need this every day. And it's not just, it's not just like oh, that's this thing that our ancestors did, and and oh, it's kind of this this fashion fashionable thing they do now. It's really actually sauna therapy and the benefits of that are more essential to modern humans than they were to ancestral humans, because modern humans deal with so many stresses nowadays that we're not biologically programmed to get uh, bad, you know, bad nutrition, working too hard, uh, all these different stresses that we have, including chemical stress, but also electromagnetic stress. Our ancestral humans pre 1891 had zero man-made electromagnetism on their body, zero microwave signal in anything. So they didn't have to deal with that, but we have to deal with, so much more higher levels of stress, all this blue light, poor diet, weird artificial lifestyles indoors. We don't get our light, we don't get anything. And so of course we're suffering for it. And, and, and especially now with, with the, the whole pandemic and the flu season and stuff, it's just more essential than ever that we keep ourselves really strong and healthy.
0: Does it make, is there a thing where it's not good to do too late at night? Like, are you trying to mimic, cause I've heard with the red light especially, it's good to mimic like the, you know, the the, the kind of spectrum of the natural light. So like sunrise, sunset, um, is there a thing where you don't want to do it like too late at night because that could throw off your circadian rhythm at all?
1: It will. It, it won't throw off your circadian rhythm cause there's no blue light emission. So you can use it any time of the day. Uh, in regards to whether to use it in the morning, the evening, it's really all about where are you at? Where are you coming from? If you have really bad sleep problems, like I did use it right before bed, you'll get an immediate, as soon as you get out of the sauna, you get an immediate HRV uh, increase. Cause you have this huge parasympathetic swing and you're literally like accelerating your body's preparation for sleep. And that was actually the, the reason I got into this initially is I built my own for a lot of issues that I had. And in two sessions, I felt like I, my insomnia was healed. And, 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 and initially I only used the sauna before bed because sleep, my sleep issues were so important to me.
0: And where were you, where were you applying the, um, the red light, to help your sleep issues were you applying it to the head or the body Uh,
1: well it was in my sauna so it's four four bulbs centered on the core but you know the 120 degree emission of the bulb means that i was getting a lot of my face Um, if you just have the photon absolutely use it on the back of your head for 10 minutes right before bed and that will activate lymphatic drainage Mm. and again promote these various parasympathetic activities that that are basically the body preparing to sleep and getting into the sleep state. So uh, that's actually something that Dr. Mercola recommends. He does that himself, and uh, is a big fan of that. Um, so it's not like you need the sauna to do all this stuff, but but yeah, once you get into it, the sauna and also the photon, you're doing it more. I find that my sauna session in the morning it calibrates me, it puts me in the flow state, it it, it gives me that improved cognitive functioning immediately, and just and just sets the tone for the day. I find that I'm, I, I want to eat better. I want to be nicer to people. I want to be a better person after doing yeah. that. So I, I very much prefer to do it in the morning. Although when I was a lot sicker, I did it right before bed. What I say is, don't worry about day or night. Do it, do it where it works in your schedule, so that you can do it three times a week.
0: Yeah. That's great. I, I I do want to ask you one more question. I have to kind of wrap up because speaking of light, the, the natural light that I use for my studio here is going down quickly. <laughs> so um, before I fade to black, I want to ask you one more thing about um, testosterone, because I've heard some stuff about shining red light for the men on those nether regions. And that has shown to be uh, that has shown to have a testosterone boosting effect. So I'm wondering if you if you could speak to that.
1: Yeah, it does. It's, uh, I believe, uh, Mr. Ben Greenfield is a big fan of, of doing that and one of the promoters of that. And, you know, all jokes aside, it's a real thing. We have mitochondria in our, in those tissues and, you know, in our genital tissues and, and for older men who are dealing with prostate issues. Absolutely. We want to bring healing into there. And if you think of your outside, even when you get the small amount of sun exposure that you get your t-shirts on, right. And even if your t-shirts off, if you're a man, it might be okay to take your t-shirt off, but you're not going to be running around naked, but you do need photobiomodulation in all those neither regions of the body. And so uh, uh, people are absolutely using our, our photon in that sense, but also in the sauna, the four bulbs align with the torso, you're naked in there. You have a towel on the stool and the floor to collect your sweat, but you're definitely getting a dose um, on your neither regions in both directions. Um, uh, as far as the particular mechanisms, I'd have to come back to you on that, the whole testosterone stuff, but it's a big problem for men nowadays. Uh, it's something that wasn't dealt with a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, it was sexual libido was considered to be a psych- uh, societal problem so much so that Dr. Kellogg proposed feeding cornflakes to men to, con- to, to lower their libido and now look how successful he has been, and we've all been, where nowadays it's completely the opposite. Uh, the average American male in his thirties is dealing with seriously low testosterone, uh, erectile dysfunction, depression, all these other things. I was just talking about this with uh, Wade Lightheart, actually a bio-optimizers uh, a while ago. Yep. The, the whole, there's this category of really, um, really successful thirties level, um, business professionals, you know, in, in, in technology and in business and stuff. And they're really kicking butt career wise, and they're really being successful and they have terribly low testosterone levels, ridiculously low, but the solution is not to take synthetic testosterone. I don't think in my humble anecdotal opinion, I think it's to correct whatever's wrong in the body to get it to produce what it normally produces. It's the same thing with, with autoimmune, the, uh, uh, the body attacking itself is an abnormal state. That's not natural. The, the 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 optimal human organism is so powerful. It has such strong constitution and stamina. It can do so many things. It t- is so hard to break it down. So it's it, it's, it's it's sort of, that sort of speaks to how toxic our modern world is. That we are struggling with all these diseases of civilization that you don't see in you don't see in uh, still existing Stone Age cultures. It, there's still examples of that nowadays. Like what's wrong? I mean, there's a lot that's wrong and I think we feel it out there, but the but a question comes back like, well, what do we do? I don't want to move to the Caribbean necessarily. Well, maybe I do, but, but the, <laughs> the, the answer is the answer is, let's activate the intelligent healing systems in our body. Let's use light therapy, let's use heat therapy. Let's take uh, uh, absolutely well understood things that are healthy for us to eat like mushrooms and uh, the, you know some of these other aspects. Um, also, uh, for those of you who are really into biohacking, um, what's it called? Uh, intermittent fasting combined with sauna therapy is really, that's the bee's knees. That's Nirvana, man.
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorite things is, is, uh, doing like a nice, you know, intermittent fast with some good sauna. Um, yeah, this has been great. Uh, if you want to give a quick shout out here to, to how people can, get sauna space because if they're like me, they're sold on getting one of these red lights, put it in your home, especially if you're not able to get outside, we're still in the, in the depths of winter here when this podcast comes out and, and maybe you want, you know, you want one of your, at least um, the photon bulb or maybe the full sauna. What, what is the best way for somebody to get started with that?
1: Yeah, I would say, I would say about that really quickly that uh, there's a, uh, sorry, one final aside, the there's, a uh, kind of a debate in the biohacking world as to how to deal with sad seasonal affective disorder and the allopathic recommendation is our sad lamps, which are either fluorescent or led based blue light. And um, in fact, I think with the continuing research that's coming out with red light and infrared light therapy, um, I think that actually what we're missing in the winter is that big dose of near infrared, the primary chunk of the sunlight that we're supposed to get. And when we get that, We feel better, we feel happier. Mitochondrial stimulation and improved cellular function leads to us feeling happier. So for those of you who are dealing with that kind of stuff, neuropsychiatric mood type stuff, I highly encourage you to give um, either sauna space or just incandescent uh, therapy a a chance. Because if you look at our customer stories and you look at, it's, it's emerging in the literature now, but absolutely, we've got thousands of customers or not thousands, but definitely hundreds of customers who are using our products to deal with that. Even though the allopathic recommendation is blue light, which is a uh, which is a you know uh, sympathetic stimulant. It's a sympathetic stressor. It's something that jacks you up, just like coffee and you know, and, and cigarettes and and or a blue light from a screen, you know. That's why you can work into the night with a blue light. Like it gets you jacked up, but it doesn't heal you. That's a temporary beneficial effect where you get this this rush, but then you're back to the, the downstate that you are in before, if you use red light and infrared light, I think you can restore cellular functioning and have beneficial neuropsychiatric benefits, uh, on your mood, on depression, on anxiety and so forth, and not need any of that blue light. Cause we're all getting too much blue light. And so for those of you that are skeptical out there, yeah, go to sauna.space. We offer a hundred day trial and everything. So you can, you can get one of these bad boys in your home, try it out for a hundred days. If you don't like it, if you don't think it's doing anything for you, frankly, I don't want you to have it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a hundred days, that's, I mean, that is in my opinion, more than enough time to, to really feel the benefits. You know, I always tell people I work with, um, you know, holistic quote unquote medicine or treatments or whatever you want to call it. It's not like a drug. It's not going to hit you right away, but over time, you know, you'll be taking mushrooms, or you'll be taking a nootropic, or you'll just be doing some intermittent fasting. You, you, you'll change your diet, whatever it is. And in this case, you'll be using red light. And the first time you use it, I mean, it could happen like you were two times, and your your insomnia was was uh, turned around. But sometimes it might take like a month, and you look back and you go, "Oh my god, I'm I'm sleeping through the night," or that chronic pain I had in my uh, in my wrist or my back, whatever mm-hmm. it's it's gone, you know, or my skin is isn't so. Um, eczema e or whatever um you know those benefits take a little time and i mean that's a fair enough deal in my opinion so i hope people uh anybody listening definitely could take you up on that
1: yeah they they, they do take time and that's why i encourage people actually to journal a little bit and because it, it was something for me i didn't know i had adrenal fatigue in the beginning i was just I had insomnia i had some acne i was lethargic i was irascible it took it took a while. It was all of a sudden. I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, after six months of doing this red light therapy and, and sauna therapy, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like fundamentally better. Uh, you know, qualitative food everything else. It's, it creeped up on you. You do have those. We do have a lot of instantaneous stories, like it helped my migraine, it helped my hammy, it helped this and that. But absolutely, you have to have the patience to understand that the natural therapy is more effective. It's safer. It just, it takes a little bit more time. And so if we can step away from this pill popping culture and have respect for all these amazingly effective things that we're doing in the natural world, we find that the, we, we get more value out of it. And without any of the risks and the side effects you have from, from you know, taking most, there isn't a pharmaceutical drug out there that doesn't have a known side effect of some kind. So, yeah. so we, well, all we're saying is, hey, cost benefit analysis, your first go-to should be natural healing and then only in the worst case scenario yeah you go to conventional medicine if you have to but hopefully with the tools that are available out there and not just sauna space just some amazing tools in the in the natural uh healing world now we think that you can avoid all that you can just avoid the development of disease in general and um and that's where you want to be you don't ever want to get to the point where you're you get that diagnosis
0: you know Absolutely. Well, this has been great, Brian. I really appreciate your time. I've definitely learned a lot and I know I've looked at your website and I, there's so much great data on there. There's so much research, like you've really, you know, as far as, as far as companies that I work with and, and, and people I've interviewed and, and, and entrepreneurs, I feel like you have gone several steps above and beyond to really provide your customers or just people interested in sauna and red light so much usable information. And you were able to convey that here in a very digestible way on the podcast. So I really thank you for doing that. I know anybody listening is going to get a lot of value out of this. And, uh, you know, if you want, if they want to learn more, go to sauna.space. Um, and are are you anywhere on, do you have a Facebook page, um, Instagram, any of that stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're at sauna space on Instagram, primarily on Facebook too, at sauna space. We do a bi-weekly, Monday, 11 a.m. and Thursday, 11 a.m. Instagram live. And we talk about anything and everything under the sun. We have some cool guests sometimes, but for your audience and anybody out there, you want to ask any question under the sun, you can ask me directly on the live and we'll talk about it. We may even take the whole time to talk about it. So that's a really cool way to uh, interact with us uh, and Sauna Space directly. Talk about research, talk about up and coming stuff, healing reactions. I mean, anything and everything we're we're, uh, we're doing that bi-weekly on Instagram Live. So I, I totally encourage everybody to go to our Instagram Live. That's where most of our stuff is. And also, Sauna.Space has some articles I've written if you like to get into the weeds. They're kind of uh, long and long-winded. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I try to cater to people at multiple levels because it is fascinating. But if, you're, if you don't understand it, who cares? And I don't want you to just believe me And I don't want to just talk down to you and say, no, this is good for you. Just take it. I want you to to understand it. The, the, the literature support for this is amazing. The anecdotal reports are amazing. And also the theoretical science is all there. So just, you know, use your brain, think about it a little bit and consider that this possibility is, is, is there for you and yeah. yeah, Having it at home is there's nothing like having it at home.
0: Yeah. I I can attest, I I love my red light. And um, this has been a very just fascinating conversation. I've actually learned so much. So thank you for your time, Brian. Anybody who's watching, listening, if you want more on all the show notes, the links to some studies uh and more information on sauna space, check out holisticneutropics.com where we'll have all the show notes. If you're watching the cool. on YouTube, check out the description. I'll have the, the direct link to these show notes. And for more on all things nootropics, <clears throat> lifestyle-based cognitive enhancement, check out holisticneutropics.com. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. For more brain-boosting info, in-depth articles, and show notes, check out holisticnootrophics.com.